Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the show that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company. From product development and engineering to omni-channel marketing, we've helped our clients launch thousands of inventions and earn more than $1 billion in sales over the past 20 years. Each week, I interview a startup success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your launch to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype, the weekly newsletter that goes out and shows you the best inventions that just launched. Make sure to check out ProductHype.co and join the Hype Squad. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am super excited because I am speaking with the one and only Ryan Chung, who leads international business at Unlimit, Korea's number one plant-based meat brand. Uh, so if you haven't checked it out so far, it's on Kickstarter. It's active right now. Definitely go check it out. But a little bit more background on Ryan. He's got extensive global operations experience, both at large companies like Tesla and Samsung and other tech startups. And Ryan is a strong advocate of plant-based diets for a healthier life and more sustainable food system. So Ryan, thank you for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about Unlimit like I've never heard about it before and like most of our audience likely has never heard about it before and talk about the product and you know what problems you're trying to solve. Sure. Well, Unlimit is really Korea's number one plant-based meat company. We were the first to launch our plant-based burger and also probably the first in the world to make Korean barbecue into plant-based. So what we're trying to do after the generation, the first generation of plant-based burgers and sausages came out was to really make plant-based eating more interesting. So we're trying to bring obviously our roots, the Asian delicacy into the plant-based, but also we're trying to go back to why we were founded because we started our business with the idea of reducing food waste actually, which was a huge problem. It still is in Korea where we are from was the worst contributor. So what we try to do is use a upcycled ingredients. So there are many food items that are thrown away because of their ugly images and appearances. And we try to reuse them to make our meats. And we still do that today with our Korean barbecue. So Korea's, uh, we are um, a plant-based meat company with really diverse variety of meats, any, everywhere from Korean barbecue to pulled pork, to mince, patty, pepperoni, and deli slices. And in addition to making those meats, we also try to make them easier to consume by making them into dumplings, jerkies, kachus, and all kinds of Asian foods that you'd encounter in any of the Asian restaurants. So it sounds like you guys have been around for a while and you're basically the impossible foods of America over in Korea. So talk about the business and how it got started and kind of how it's evolved into what it is today. Sure. So four years ago, yes, our founder had an idea about how to help reducing the food waste. And that was, again, use a upcycled ingredients. So we started using upcycled ingredients to make healthy juices and porridges. Then two years into it, we pivoted our business into plant-based meats. After actually having a chance to have an impossible burger in the United States, we thought it was brilliant ideas. So for two years, we spent years of R&D and investment to create our first Korean barbecue slices, which has been a huge success in Korea. 
So now after the pandemic is kind of winding down, we're trying to make it out into the world by showcasing it to the United States as our primary uh, market. So why did you choose jerky? And I, I have a good assumption just because most Americans, I think, are not only aware of jerky, but probably eating it on a, on a weekly basis. But why, why, I guess, the initial thought of sure. bringing our product to the States? Right. So we have a number of uh, interesting products that we could bring into the U.S. market. When our team sat down and discussed, you know, what would be the best products to showcase what we can do? to make plant-based eating more interesting to the U.S. consumers. Because U.S. consumers, different from Koreans, already had, you know, at least a couple years of, you know, uh, awareness and probably experience in having plant-based meats. So we wanted to offer something that is different and also something that is better than what's out in the market. So when we did our research, that was jerky. So we, we actually started making jerky targeting the U.S. market a couple a couple years ago and wanted to make it better. So we tasted actually all the plant-based jerkies out in the U.S. And many of them, um, I mean, to at least our taste buds were not good. I mean, they were definitely looked healthy because they were made out of interesting ingredients like mushrooms and kelp and bananas and everything. So even though many of them really were interesting and innovative, what we thought was, hey, I'm sorry, but we really can't finish even a, a bag here. So what, what can we do? Can we really make plant-based beef jerky as good as a real beef? And, and I think we, we cracked the code, and that's why we, we, we uh, made our plant-based jerky and, and launched it here in the U.S. Amazing. So if you would, give us a little bit of the science, because I think it's truly amazing how companies like Unlimited are doing this with everyday ingredients, you know, that you would just see in most foods that you would be eating normally and the combination of them, as well as just the overall process of not only making it look like meat to fool our brains and sense of smells, but, you know, the taste also being there as well. How have you guys cracked the code on that? Right. I think many people are probably wondering, like, what happened over the past years on, on and why is this becoming more popular, this plant-based food? Because... As we all know, vegan food has been around for a long time. What's different this time, however, is really the innovation in how we make the vegan meats. Um, in order to make you know, plant-based meat, really there are a number of components, but it really starts with raw materials. So these days we have wider array of plant proteins, whether that's soy, pea, rice, potato, that are available. And what we, what's also has developed is how we make fats and oils because they make the critical components of what makes meat juicier and, and more, and more flavorful. So what we do is we've been testing really different types of plant proteins. We use both soy and pea for sure, but also we use rice and potato for many of our products. And we have been also investing a lot of time on how to make them uh, come out as the meat. So there are various ways to basically so-called extrude your proteins to make it like a beef. And we spend a lot of time to, uh, to uh, use our protein to make it like a meat. And that, that involves obviously investing in, in, in a heavy, uh, heavy investment in machines, but also how you process the meat from the raw materials to, uh, to uh, extruded uh, form. So that's what we have spent a lot of years really perfecting the 
the flavoring, the extrusions, and then the production process to make it more like meat. And of course, in addition, flavoring and coloring are important. We try to really make it cleaner and healthier by not really using any kind of MSGs or artificial um, additives. Um, instead, we're using you know more healthier ingredients like fermented soybean and oranges and beets to make the uh, the plant-based jerky that we have now. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it looks like there's been more time spent on the science behind this than you know potentially other elements of you know launching a product and getting it out there. Yeah, I think that is really the fascinating part of the plant-based food technology. You may have noticed the protein content is something that we actually can balance. So we can actually add more protein as people want in a given product, which is not something you can do with animal because it's it's given. You can just inject more protein to your animal. But for our plant-based food, we can do that. Obviously, that increases the price. So how you optimally balance the price versus how much protein you get in a product is a choice. But those are the kind of things you can do. And you can also do that with fats and oils and, and also the colors and everything. Amazing. Let's talk a little bit about the active crowdfunding campaign. I mean, you guys are over 700% over the uh, public-facing yeah. funding goal with over 400 backers. So the product looks like it's resonating well with the with the crowd. Again, albeit a smaller one, but certainly one that seems passionate about multiple different things that you guys have launched into the product itself. So let's talk a little bit about the crowdfunding campaign and how you guys all decided as a team to use this as a platform to launch directly into the United States with your innovative food product. Sure. So two years ago, we launched our um, plant-based burger in Korea using the uh, crowdsourcing platform in Korea. And it was a huge success. I think we made almost $60,000 or so in, in, in one month. So we knew the power of crowdsourcing. So when we thought about how to launch our product in the U.S. market, Kickstarter was the first platform to think about. Again, because what we're trying to do is to really give experience for early adopters to try and test, taste it, and then share experiences because food is very sensitive. People, not many people are trying new things every day. So we wanted to kind of demonstrate, however, to more people that, hey, try it and see if you like it and just let us know how you think. Because, you know, it's, 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 it's once you taste it, you'll know immediately whether you like it or not. So that's why we thought Kickstarter is a perfect platform to get those people who are interested in trying new type of food. And also we were able to find a great partner. Events Partners has been a great agency to work with every step along the way. So I think both really contributed to our decisions to uh, launch our product in Kickstarter. And yes, as you said, we've been pleasantly surprised by how quickly, I think in the same day, we already achieved our goal. And within a week, we're over 100%, um, uh, 200% over our goal. So I think what we have put out there resonates with people because honestly, as I said, I don't think there is really good enough jerky yet out there that can really compete against the animal beef jerky. Amazing. So you mentioned that you had launched, you know, using crowdfunding uh, locally in Korea and then transitioned, you know, with new product over to, to Kickstarter, mainly a, a US based market, I think about 75% of it based in the, in the States. Yeah. What were some of those differences that you guys did in terms of launch from one platform to the other outside of, you know, language? Sure. I think we looked at how the Kickstarter page, for instance, 
um, looked and in different from what you put out in a other country, especially the Korean crowdfunding platform. I think the video, having a really good kind of video clip was different. Having, you know, founders speak more about the product in a live manner, even in kind of, you know, more raw form, like not, not in a nice setting, but really just candidly speaking, maybe using your phone to talk about product was another. And also, I think the pre-funding preparation was a key we found out. So instead of, uh, so Korea is different. Koreans do not really use email marketing in, in as a marketing tool, but here we wanted to, uh, we wanted to um, gather fans and prepare before lunch people who would be interested in hearing more about us. So we spent over a month uh, reaching out to people, sharing our stories to get their emails, and then and then uh, send it out once we once we launch. So those two things are probably the most uh, different aspect of the uh, Kickstarter. Amazing. Well, earlier you had mentioned, you know, working with us here at Inventus Partners for a while. What were some of those considerations that you guys looked at when you were choosing an agency to partner with to launch this new innovative food product? Sure. I think one was definitely experience. I mean, really how many uh, crowdfunding campaigns um, the company has done and also if they had experience in food was another. And the third thing, but really the the, the key factor for us was how kind of passionate they are actually to engage with us because we what we're trying to do here is obviously different from a normal i mean every kickstarter project is unique and something that is innovative right so unless your people kind of believe in it together i think it's really difficult to work with so we were looking for people who are you know passionate eager and trying to really try whatever that works so instead of following just a playbook, hey, hey, this is how it's done. Like, hey, what about this kind of way of marketing? How about these people? How do we more figure out a way to reach out to people who are not just vegans, for instance? Because what we're trying to do is, of course, we love vegans and we want to showcase our products, but we also want to gather people who are who are traditionally not interested in vegan food at all. So those are the things that we want to discuss. And, and, and the agency has been very helpful reaching to those people. Amazing. So I know there's a couple of weeks left in the campaign. What are some of the learnings uh, that you and your team have had along the way that you're willing to share with the audience? So maybe they, they can, you know, ex expand upon those things. Sure. I think we heard numerous times and we probably are at fault of not listening to, to those advices ourselves, but um, starting early, you know, spend enough time to prepare um, not only your page and all the videos and everything, but reaching out to people to to gather their information so that you know so that you have enough pool to reach out later is is one. And also the second thing is think hard about what kind of uh, messages you want to get across because there are so many things you want to talk about, but really having a key point that can um, that can resonate people authentically is is what is what matters. Um, the third thing is there are many um, details, many things that you want to do, whether it's SNS um, or nowadays, you know, TikTok, YouTube or other campaigns you want to do. But sometimes you just want to kind of focus on the best way to reach to people. So instead of diverting your attention, especially if you're a startup, you don't have many people who are dedicated to this. So especially if you're a small group of a team like us, then you want to have a clear focus on the best channel to reach out to people 
and just focus on that instead of um, instead of going everywhere. Amazing insights there, Ryan. With that, that's going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. Uh, yes. You good to go? Let's go. All right. So what inspired you to be entrepreneurial? Actually, um, that's uh, that's a good question. I was actually in a very traditional industry called consulting, management consulting. Yep. And one day I read a book by Walter Isaacson called Innovators. And that book really changed, I think, my life because that's when I realized there are so many interesting things that can change the history of our life. Um, so that's uh, that's how I got interested. Amazing. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to share a bag of unlimited uh, jerky with? <laughs> I would I have to say Steve Jobs. Okay. So he was obviously one of the big inspiration for me to move to Silicon Valley. And, you know, I live near Cupertino campus. Um, unfortunately, you know, it was too late for me to to see him. But every time I visit the campus when with my friends who work at Apple, you know, I get I get so much inspiration. So nice. What would have been your first question for Steve? You know, he's actually famous for eating healthier, healthy and, you know, planting everything he eats. So I'd love to talk about plant-based jerky, but also, you know, plant-based lifestyle with him and how, you know, how we think about those living healthier life. Nice. Uh, what's one book you might recommend to our, you know, startup founder, entrepreneurial listeners? Sure. I mean, as I said, um, Walter Isaacson has published so many interesting books, but uh, The Innovator has been my top choice for everyone who's interested in learning more about how we got all these kind of, you know, innovation, everything from coding to computer science, how it got started, you know, transistors, everything. I think that book is the pinnacle of, of, of innovation. So definitely like that. What advice would you give to a new inventor or entrepreneur that's looking to launch their new food product? I think definitely try to be true to yourself. I mean, food is something that is really easy to trick thinking that, hey, I, I think this food is good, so everyone would like it. I think that's a big mistake because taste is something that is very subjective. You know, some people may like it, others may not. So just try to um, not just share your own foods with, obviously, yourself and your family, but really get it out to as many people and listen to what people say, especially listen to people who will say, hey, your food obviously like is, isn't good, and you have to think about why it, why it is and how to make it better. Because it's very easy to just fool yourself and say, hey, like these are good and, and everyone should love it. So solid advice there, Ryan. Yeah, definitely take the feedback every time you can have an opportunity to get it, right? Yeah. All right. Last question, Ryan. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? You know, crowdfunding, um, again, this actually was my personally first time to engage full time in crowdfunding. It's been around for a very long time. In some part of the world, crowdfunding has become like has it having a bad you know name to it because you know from where it started, which was a platform for really innovators and startups to uh, promote their product. You know, many large companies, for instance, just use it as a, as a just marketing you know gimmick. But I think still, after having gone through this Kickstarter myself, you know, from beginning to the end, I believe. The spirit is still there. It is, I still think, is the best way to uh, get your products out there as quickly as possible and get it tested. So we should not lose sight of, you know, why it exists. 
Um, but second, I think I still encourage again many people to go in, go in and 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 try one or two. It helps not only to satisfy your kind of needs to try new things, but it goes a long way to uh, our inventors to get inspired and to motivate it to go further. So definitely, I think crowdsourcing is is still very much good and live, and I hope everyone, more people actually gets to use it on a regular basis. Indeed, Ryan. Well, this has been amazing. This is your opportunity to talk to our audience, give them your pitch, tell them what you're all about, and tell people where to go and why they should check out Unlimit on Kickstarter. Sure. I think everyone is definitely looking for a kind of healthier and better way of living. And I would just say, try it yourself. I'm, I'm just not going to say more. Try it, see what you think, and and then you'll know why we're you know why we think it's 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 a good way to uh, to uh, make your lifestyle a little bit healthier. Plant based jerky is our products. Go to Kickstarter. Um, you can just type in plant based jerky and Unlimit U N L I M E A T will be the first to pop up. Um, so please go there before uh, before it ex- before it ends in July twelfth and try it yourself. Thank you. Amazing. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, transcript, links to the campaign, and everything else we talked about. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsor over at Product Type, the top newsletter for new products that just launched. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you, Roy. It's a pleasure. Thank you for tuning into another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, life, and world with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, make sure to show us some love, you know, by rating us and reviewing us on your favorite listening station, whatever that may be. Your review really helps other founders and startups find us so they can improve their craft and achieve greater success like you. And of course, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need any help, make sure to send me an email at info at I'd be glad to help you out. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next week.